Welcome to the Radically Embodied Love Podcast. Get ready to enter the portal of your cosmic heart so you feel bliss, joy, and union within. With each episode, you will learn practical ways to embody love in your life so it is felt and experienced. Co-hosted by Nasreen Barbeck and Jessica Falcon. Hello and welcome to Radically Embodied Love Podcast. This is Nasreen Barbeck with my lovely co-host Jessica Falcon. And today we are having a conversation with Elizabeth Kipp. Elizabeth is a stress management and historical trauma specialist who uses trauma trained and yoga-informed addiction recovery coaching, ancestral clearing, compassionate inquiry, and yoga to help people with their healing. She healed from over 40 years of chronic pain, including anxiety, panic attack, and addiction. She now guides others to unleash their healing power, find freedom from suffering, and live a thriving life. She's also a best-selling author of The Way Through Chronic Pain, Tools to Reclaim Your Healing Power. Welcome, Elizabeth. I would like to start right there with that book and please share a little bit more about your intention behind the book and your own journey. Oh, thank you so much. So I went for um, almost 40 years looking all over the world for um, a solution to the chronic pain, chronic pain problem that I was having. <clears throat> and all, all the doctors, except the last one, pardon me, <clears throat> that I, that I met, um, told me that I'd have it for the rest of my life. And that, um, here are your opiates and your benzodiazepines, your anti-anxiety medicine. And that I'd be in t- pain uh 7 out of 10 pain level 7 out of 10 pain 24/7 for the rest of my life and i saw that as a i have this science background thank goodness in research and i saw that as as an understanding that they're working in a model and i saw that it, that they were telling me more about the limitation of the model they were working in than they were telling me about the body's ability to heal <clears throat> the mind-body system, spirit system to heal. Anyway, I finally found um, a doctor, Dr. Peter Prescott, who wrote this book, Conquer, Conquer Chronic Pain, an Innovative Mind-Body Approach. Uh, he passed away in 2016, but he left us this beautiful book. And he uh, he helped me heal from this. He helped me detox off the medication and heal. He really understood the nature of chronic pain and what happens to the brain and the body and the spirit in that he was an integrated doctor, not a reductionist kind of viewpoint. And uh, he had this Western and Eastern mix in his background. Um, And I healed. And 
when I got out of of his program, um, I really, there were so many people that helped me along the way. I mean, that's a long time <laughs> to be on, in and out of hospitals and on medication and, you know, a lot of suffering, really. Um, and a lot of people that I met along the way that were also suffering. So I was like, I, I need to get the word out that you can heal from chronic pain. And you don't need medication for it. In fact, opiates and benzodiazepines don't help. They actually, they actually get in the way of the healing process. <clears throat> and I, and I also wanted people to understand about the voice of a chronic pain sufferer. What's happening on the inside? <clears throat> I wanted the doctors, the nurses, the the caretakers, the family, friends, and the chronic pain sufferers all to hear the voice because I sat in front of thousands of these people with them, um, talking with them over the years, and we all we, we all don't tell the truth. We're either complaining all the time or we don't say anything at all, and neither one of those is truthful. So uh, it's it's kind of a conundrum that we live in, and we can get trapped in our own prison about our judgment about the pain and et cetera, et cetera. So um, I really felt it was important to get the perspective out that uh, that pain is not a life sentence, like suffering from pain is not a life sentence. Chronic pain is certainly not a life sentence. And that the healing power lives in here. So I take, you know, 20% of all my healing, the whole rest of the medical world, all the healers in the world, I, I give them that. And the other 80% is between me and the intelligence that lives inside of me. And that's very generous on my part in terms of the 20%. That those people are there to guide me, to give me their best instructions, to help me optimize my you know, sleep, all my all my behavioral patterns, the food I eat, all the stuff, exercise. And then I take that information that makes sense to me, right? That that my heart says, oh yes, this is this is this is right. And and uh, and and bring that in to the 80%, right? So they're guides. They're not the healers, the healers in here. Right, but that's not the way I was born. I was raised, and then my culture was to, I'm always looking out there, right? Oh, the, you know, you have this thing, where's the doctor? <laughs> right? And when I was little, and there was a, you know, somebody bumped somebody else or somebody got hurt on the, in the when we were playing, you know, there's a, ah, right? What happens? The adults scurry to the area and they try and make the pain go away as fast as possible. So what's the subtext of that? Pain is bad. We have to get rid of it as soon as possible, right? Nobody ever said pain is part of healing, but pain is part of healing. It's information in the system. It's not this thing that's there to haunt us. So that was my message, basically. It's not a very big book, but, but it, it's the tools that I use, the voice that happens, and the tools I use to get beyond the grip right, of chronic pain. <clears throat> You're muted, Jessica. Oh, thank you. I love what you said specifically around the healing power is within me. And I just want to highlight that. 
the healing power is within me. And as I was hearing your journey through this of like why you wrote the book, it's, it is that redefinition because the medical model that we live in, at least currently, I don't think it was always this way. The ancients really understood a lot more of that. But for a long time, we've been under this medical model that says, oh, the doctor heals you. <laughs> you go see somebody that tells you what to do. And here's this thing to suppress your symptoms or to suppress your pain. Let's just get rid of it. Let's make it go away. Instead of, oh, as you said, right? Like, Pain is part of the healing and, and pain is also our body communicating something to us. And if we're simply suppressing that thing, we never get to the root of what is underneath this? What is creating this? What is the cause of this? What is this communicating to me also? And this, this can vary, like this could be an emotion that people find painful. It can be an experience that people find painful. It can be chronic pain as you're talking about. And in a way, all of it is very connected in our capacity to acknowledge it, become curious about it, form a relationship with it, look at it. What are you here for? What are you showing me? And when we start to develop that relationship with our bodies, with our own inner experience, that's when so much of the transformation happens. And I'm really curious for you, like, okay, pain is part of the healing. For me, I know for a long time, pain was the last thing I wanted to experience. And even as I started on a spiritual path, even as I was awakening into more and more of my divinity, more and more in my body, I still kept uncovering these parts of me that were so afraid of pain, that had done everything they could to avoid pain, like the armoring of the heart, right? The ways that we do this without even knowing how much we are simply trying to avoid pain. And I know I'm not alone in this. Like there's so much of that in our collective and, and that happens unconsciously. So I'm curious how you started to, to face that pain and, and go into it versus away from it. And, and also some of the tips and tools that you would recommend. Well, it was a lot you said there, Jessica. <laughs> I'll try and unpack that. Um <clears throat> First of all, let's just define chronic pain for the audience. <clears throat> chronic pain is any pain that's felt 15 days out of 30 for three months or more. Physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, financial, sexual. It's all the same. It all sends the same signal to the brain. It hurts. So the brain can't tell the difference between a broken bone and a broken heart. So grief is a chronic pain experience. Um what happens in chronic pain? The brain is changed. The brain is this beautiful, adaptive, constantly adapting to current circumstances. It has a history. It takes in the history that it's that's, that's kind of been the programming that that that's the, the wiring that it's had, and then it it takes in current circumstances and adds or changes the wiring accordingly. Right in the chronic pain experience. 
the brain becomes uh, chaotic. Uh, we get brain fog. And we have, when we're normal, we have this <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> slight uh, negative bias that keeps us safe in the world. We say no until we kind of figure out that we can say yes, kind of thing, just to keep us safe. In chronic pain, it gets accentuated into you're bad, I'm bad, the world's bad. You know, it's just a very negative mind, and it, and those that chemistry can be very addictive. So that that's that's an issue right there. The other thing that you said that I wanted to bring in was the armoring of the heart, that protective um, mechanism. So from a trauma point of view and a nervous system point of view, what's happening there, we're protecting. And we can't fully open and connect when we're in this protection mode. We, the nervous system is really not made for that, right? So the journey to going from I'm protecting to opening there is one of, I had to learn to actually trust my inner wisdom. And I, you know how I finally, that like the, the, the thing, I had a couple of experiences that, that, that led me there just in terms of I'm fighting and I'm fighting and I'm fighting with this pain and I'll fight until, you know, like I'll fight. I'm, I'm a fighter. I, I can, I can do that. <laughs> and, and I had had migraines for like seven years and I was in my very last migraine. I, I had this experience where, I had my medicine. I was in my little quiet space and I was just, oh man, I was in just, I was just epic um, pain and, and I was fighting. Right. And I, and I just, I was so trapped in that space. And I, I, I know people are going to think I'm crazy, but this is what happened. I heard a voice and it said, Elizabeth, clearly, your strategy's not working. <laughs> Why not try a contrary action? And I thought, what would that even be? <laughs> I didn't say, what's the voice? I was like, <laughs> I just assumed that that was okay. <laughs> what would that even be? And I realized, oh, I'm fighting. Why not just stop fighting? And that was the answer. <clears throat> so that was that was an answer right there. <clears throat> And then when I got into Dr. Peter Prescott's program, one of the first questions he asked me was, the whole class, it wasn't just me, what are you doing to contribute to your pain? And that blew me away. First of all, I was like, dude, I'm not doing anything, you know? <laughs> and, <clears throat> and I, but, but, but by his very question, I went from victim to empowerment because by the very question what are you doing to contribute to your pain he gave me in that question is you have some power here and so i i reclaimed my power in that space by owning that maybe i was doing something that was contributing to my pain getting my ego out of the way and getting my 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 oh me my oh, poor me out of the way and getting honest. And uh, and those were two very important points. Like, no judge the pain. It's just information was the third one. So that's kind of a little triad that I've given you that really kind of unhooked me from the whole situation.
Yeah. What a wise question, right? That brings you back to yourself and your wisdom of yourself. I love that. There's a few things you said that um, I want to highlight. One is when we focus on the pain, we create an identity with it. What we focus is expense, right? Then it becomes part of our identity, the way your being changes. That's why you so much talk about, uh, you know, our mindset, meaning that how we switch our reality. And now our reality mainly is about the focus of the pain and the how you be identified with it, therefore create more of it uh, in that aspect. And I think that's what the question can bring you back. How do I participate to creating more of this pain? And that's when mindfulness um, comes to play. It's like if we, I am mindful, I am sitting with it rather than resisting it, because I always feel like what we resist, we actually create more of, right? So it's like, as I sit with it, what is the message it's trying to give me? And trust me, Elizabeth, nobody here, I'm sure uh, Jessica and I would not at all think that that voice that you heard, you're crazy because we always talk about that. And I'm sure the, our audience are always, you know, attracted to our message would be with us when I say that voice is our inner wisdom. Hmm. That a lot of time we don't hear because there's a lot of other noise, noises around that our focus is not there. But it is there for us to give us the guidance of what we're going through in life. And so we're with you. We always listen to that inner voice that is giving us clues. What's your next step? So, but the other thing that you mentioned in your own journey going through this and then realization of, oh, how am I participating in that, which empowered you to look at it in a different way. So for our audience that might be going through a similar thing, um, what insight can you give into that? And what other question they can ask themselves to empower them to step away from what they traditional, you know, medicine has given them and they step out of there to go through their, their healing journey. That's another, another big, whole big question that you asked. Um, beautiful question. <clears throat> One is <clears throat> understanding <clears throat> that I'm having the experience of pain. It's not who I am. That right there is a game changer. <laughs> I'll say it again because it's that important. I'm having the experience of pain, but it's not who I am. So huge right there. That's acknowledging the, the experience, the human experience, but also acknowledging the true self having being the witness in the witness space of it. So that that's that's huge right there. Um <clears throat> I'm trying to think because you you brought so many things in and I was like I was like uh, uh, trying to 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 bring in some more um, wisdom around finding again it's it's information in the system it's not this bad thing 
So that's also helps me come to neutral. Really trying to get to neutral without being so reactive to the pain, to the pain, which by the way, in chronic pain, it, it, when we're normal, when we're healthy, we have a stress response and it goes into the on position when we're threatened. We take care of the threat, it goes into the off position. That's called balance. In chronic pain, <clears throat> the stress response gets stuck in the on position. <clears throat> so it's on all the time and the nervous system is activated and it feels like it's under threat and you can't positively affirm your way to calming the nervous system. You actually have to do things that tell the nervous system that it's safe, like a long, deep breath. There's a connection between the brain and a long exhale. That long exhale tells the body it's safe. So when you've got a stress response stuck in the on position, you actually need to do some somatic work to get the nervous system so that it's like, oh, oh, I actually remember how to be calm. <laughs> like, that was so exciting to me when I got there. Right? So we have to kind of do that work. And then we can do the, oh, now I feel connected back to myself. And, oh, I see I'm having an experience, but it's not who I am. We can do that work after the nervous system's calm. And then we've got this space where we can learn and we have these epiphanies. So there's a little bit of a hierarchy there to the healing. And 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 uh, it's important that we that we give ourselves this understanding and, and, and a love in that space because our reactions are exactly the way they're supposed to be. There's nothing wrong with how we're reacting. I didn't land in Dr. Prescott's class because I was a bad person. I was just somebody who was stuck. I had a stress response stuck in the on position and I didn't know how to get it off. And he did, right? He knew how to guide me to calming that down, right? So, so the lack of judgment, we have to love ourselves through this stuff. <clears throat> be compassionate and understand that there's nothing wrong with us. We're actually behaving exactly like we're built. Yeah. Love that. really is the healing balm. And <laughs> truly, truly it, it's what unites all those different aspects of ourself, but it's what provides that soothing to the experience of pain. It brings us back into that state of wholeness. And, and, and I also want to highlight what you shared is that, I am not the pain. I'm having the experience of the pain that requires us to be able to witness that is directly related to our capacity to witness ourselves, which for me, I developed through meditation. I developed in my, you know, mm -hmm. sitting meditation practice. Yeah. Like that really allowed me to start to I remember the day it happened of, um, I think this was back in like 2009. I was, I was taking this like meditation course and, and I was like sitting at my big red comfy chair in the morning doing my practice. And all of a sudden I had this, like, I had a thought. I'm not my thought. I'm deserving my thought. It was like this huge thing that in that moment, like I finally realized, oh my gosh, I'm separate from my thought, right? Like I am not my thought. And then I just got more and more excited and then got deeper and deeper into like understanding that and going into that. And, and I, I am now certain that 
our capacity to observe our thoughts and be that witness is the consciousness, is the container we need to go into the body. Because mm -hmm. if we don't have that capacity first, what I've witnessed is then people just get stuck in the experience because they're not able, they don't have the mm -hmm. mental capacity, right, to separate themselves from that experience. Mm -hmm. And so that feels like a big first step and then when we have the consciousness to go into the body, we can witness the feeling, we can witness the pain, we can witness what's underneath that, what's underneath that, what's underneath that, right? Like to going into it with consciousness allows us to then be with it and for me, I'm curious if you feel the same way for me, being with it is what then allows it to transform me being with it is what then allows it right to change. Sure. Yeah. To, to transmute. Right. The mm -hmm. thing, the thing that we get for me, the journey was, <clears throat> um, I was just so activated and what does that mean? It means I was very fearful of the pain. And even though I'd been dealing with it for ages and then it was, you know, and I was as actually, you know, I was alive, which was, was questionable. Some of the times I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this because it was pretty epic. Um, I, uh, I was afraid of the pain. So I was afraid of feeling I really didn't even want to be in my body. And so my journey to healing was to really opened the heart in places I didn't even know I could. I mean, I've, I've learned that the heart is this vast space that's basically infinite in a finite body, but that's kind of the way I describe it. Um, <clears throat> so that I could, so that I could learn to love I transmute that fear into this compassionate love space. So that was my journey. And, and I had to learn to trust myself. There was a lot going on there. Um, There's kind of old childhood trauma that was, you know, throwing its specter in there. And I just said something really big because <clears throat> we all are affected by, you know, trauma, our childhood, <clears throat> our childhood forms this and this is all well known in science and now I'm going to get cosmic I spent uh I think it was the summer of 2018 or 2019 with this with this question who would I who would I be without the story of my family it's like what would that even be like you know, is that even something my poor mind can get wrap itself? No, the heart can. <laughs> mind is just like, no, that's, too, that's, that's not something we can really actually address. Because the answer is, I don't know. How can I don't even know how to undo that? So there's, we live in this duality <clears throat> within consciousness where we're infinite and finite at once in this human experience. And so... <clears throat> Who am, I, who am I without my story becomes this very powerful question. But I couldn't ask that until I had my nervous system sorted out. And I had this witness consciousness thing sorted out. 
and I kind of had my sea legs in my early recovery and had the tools I needed to keep my to keep myself regulated uh, to be able to even address a question like that. So that's kind of farther into the recovery phase, but it's really important. Yeah. I'm wondering, Elizabeth, because as you were sharing, it just dawned on me to be able to actually go through all these steps and really heal. We first need to really embody our, because my experience, and I used to be also, you know, in that, that I was disembodied. I didn't, because of the pain and trauma that we have, we don't actually live in our body, right? And so we miss all the wisdom. So even although the trauma lives in the body, so does the joy, the wisdom of uh, our, ourself also. Like, so we then we have access, uh, we don't have access to that joy. We don't have access to the wisdom of the body. So was there a moment for you to realize, because I recall that moment that I recognized, wow, most of my life, I, I was really not be living in this body. I was away, meaning not wanting to feel, not picking up all the sensation, all the things that were happening within me. I was just not aware because I had a distance between myself. And so the embodiment practices became very important for me. And my own experience was through yoga at the beginning that I started my journey and how I started releasing all those emotional pain and sorrow that been in my body for a long time by practicing, you know, and that's what you were talking about, the movement that we do, the somatic practices that we do allow us to heal some of this. But in your own journey, were you aware that you were actually, you know, not truly in your body to feel a lot of this? Well, I, I didn't know it until I was in. <laughs> right, right. That's why I'm saying there's a moment you realize, wow. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I remember I've got kind of two things to say about that. I mm -hmm. remember um, saying to myself, if I feel one more iota, I'm going to spontaneously combust because I was just not used to, you know, it was a total mind, you know, it's like, that's not even real, but that's what the mind had, my mind said. Right? So the fear, right, was real. So the breath was the thing that got me through that, <clears throat> the breath. <clears throat> it's the bridge through all of it. That long, I, I I said it before. That long, slow breath. It's the it's this it's a beautiful key, and God lives on the breath. Remember, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. Where's the Word live? It lives on the breath, right? So it's this very special. Um, it's just not discussed anywhere near enough in terms of common knowledge. It just isn't the breath. <laughs> so so I I understood that. <clears throat> I was like, oh, I, I'm fully in my body. The other thing was I noticed how freaked out I was about being joyful. And again, it didn't become a judgment. I just noticed it. Thank God for my meditation practice. I just noticed, oh, look at the reaction I'm having to joy. Well, that was just because my old frequency was this, you know, 
tied up, tense, you know, tight as a top, dysregulated stress response on full tilt. Um, that was the frequency. That was the programming that my body was. That's the way we do life. The nervous system says this is how we do life. So when there's relaxation and joy, it's like, no, <laughs> this is not what we do. We do this other thing, right? So so I, I saw that. I was doing that. And, and I was like, okay, we got some rewiring to do here. <laughs> I love that. Like I get to see that I'm not even allowing myself to be in this state because I'm so identifying with and so accustomed to the body. The nervous system is so accustomed, right. To being in, in, in the opposite. And so the awareness created the capacity to say, Oh, I want to do this differently. It brought you into choice. It brought you into that moment of empowerment. I'm choosing to cultivate the opposite experience or a different experience. I'm choosing to cultivate what I desire instead of being victim to or stuck in what I don't desire, right? That's so, that is, I think that's the beauty of going into the body. Is it when we go into the body, we start to access these patterns of attachment to old ways of being that can be so unconscious because the body, as you already know, but just for our listeners sake, holds the subconscious, which can direct 95% of our behavior and how we show up. And the nervous system holds our traumas, our memories, and the cells of our body because our body is energy. Like it, it is the energy that forms the body that we're really working with, like the energetic system of our body. And so when we recognize that our body is more than physical, we recognize that our body is this energetic system that encompasses our body, but is more than our body. I like to say it's the energy of our soul because that's my personal experience. And, and that when we go in and we start to access this energy, two things I want to say. One is that, as you said, we access the stored trauma because where's the trauma stored? It's not physical, right? It's emotional. It's energetic. It is, it is in the energetic body. It's in the emotional body. And the nervous system is full of that emotion that hasn't been processed, hasn't been felt because we didn't have the capacity at the time of the experience to feel it, to release it. So it becomes stored and then the nervous system gets overloaded. It gets overwhelmed. It gets blocked. And when we start to feel these things, we get to release that stagnancy. We get to release the feelings of overwhelm because we're not running away from it anymore. We're not suppressing it anymore. And we're activating our life force energy. Like what you were saying, like, am I even fully alive? Like, am I really right? Because what is breath? I love how you said like the breath of God. What is the word about like the breath, the breath, even in ancient traditions before that was written was known as life. Like there is no life without breath. There is no breath without life. Like breath is life. And therefore when we use breath and bring breath into all parts of self, we release the trauma and the stagnancy, but we have to be able to be with it 
to release it, not just continually suppress it, but we're activating our capacity to be fully alive. Like it is our vital life force energy. Some people call it Kundalini. It's our life force, whatever we call it. It is our ability to feel, to be fully here. And, and I want to take this a little bit more into the cosmic because for me, my capacity to be fully alive, to be in my body allows me to do even deeper soul healing because once I've gotten through all the just purely physical human trauma and stuff that was stored, I get to do ancestral healing. And I know you do a lot of ancestral healing as well. We get to access those soul imprints, those energetic imprints. We get to do even deeper work. We get to heal intergenerationally. We get to heal cosmically. Like it gets really exciting. And so I want to go into, um, as we start to wrap up today, a little bit more about the ancestral healing and the way that you approach it. Beautiful. <laughs> you guys, you guys are both amazing. Um, <clears throat> I, I love that you brought it in the, the cosmic because of one of the questions I kind of get um, is how does ancestral clearing even work? And I have, as I, as I said earlier, I have the sciencey background. So I'm, I always like to bring it. I I I like the woo woo, but I like to have it grounded somewhere. Um, at least for me, if if you come to me with goo, with woo woo, and I can't find a way to ground it into some experience that I've had, I, I, it's just going to go right over my head. That's <laughs> just you know. So I always have more to learn in that space. But but um, <clears throat> the quantum physicists tell us that we can access, access the past, present, and future through the present moment. So isn't that interesting? So that right there, to me, is evidence that that's why ancestor clearing works. Because we're using the present moment in the modality. The client and the, and the practitioner are both in the present moment. If we have somebody who's experienced trauma, who has unresolved trauma, and they have difficulty with the present moment, that's going to be a different experience. The, the, the help that they get in that space will be less. They'll probably still get help, but that be, ability to be present is very helpful, right? Very, it's kind of, kind of important. The other thing that's kind of interesting is <clears throat> from a science point of view, when our... <clears throat> grandmother was pregnant with our mother at the four month mark our egg developed our egg was like made so we shared space with our mother and our grandmother for five months so we're swimming in the biology the physiology the frequency the energetic field of our mother and our grandmother Okay, and her grandmother, our grandmother was in her grandmother. And her grandmother was in her grandmother. So we're all swimming in the energetic frequency from that point of view, from like the, the not just the quantum, but from the, um, from the, the more, from this other angle, right? We're, I'm giving you evidence of why it works. 
the other thing that's interesting is that Rachel uh, Yehuda has done work with um, a population of Holocaust survivors and their descendants versus the people that didn't have that experience. And she found that the stress hormone levels are different in those populations. So we're coming into information, we're coming into to this world, this generation with information from the past that prepares us for what might be here for us. So it's it's information. Some of it's very helpful and some of it's not so helpful. And you know, we're in this in, in, in this iteration, we're in this cycle of trauma. Humanity's like in this cycle of trauma. So that came from somewhere. And my question, my my and why I love to come on podcasts at this level, right, is because you know, I would like to know how do we get out beyond that cycle of trauma into a new way of being? And I just said something profound there because in my question, I made the assumption that we can get out of it. <laughs> and I truly believe that. Like I, my heart says, you know, oh yes, we can. And ancestral clearing is a piece of it. Awakening is another piece of it. I think there's probably other things, but that's kind of where I'm headed with all this stuff. If that made sense, you asked to go cosmic, so I just went there. <laughs> yeah, that was a great uh, way for us to also uh, have the bigger picture in mind. You know, we were talking about this before we started this podcast. As you mentioned, you do believe that we can heal our individual trauma and our collective trauma. And that's the work that we, I think even Jessica and I are, are doing, because we do believe that we need to take responsibility for our own healing journey. And then that's how we help the collective healing that we all need. But it's big part of it is remembering who we truly are. And mm -hmm. the oneness that when we hurt somebody else, who are we really causing pain to? Right, we all affected uh, in one way or another by our action. By our action, but as we wrapping up, I know you also have a free gift for us. I would love to if you tell us more about that, and if any other things that we haven't talked about that you want to mention now. Oh, sure. I I um I think probably the ancestral clearing prayers is the is the free gift. I have a couple of free offerings that mm -hmm. I, I do, but it's a set of, I think it's eight ancestral clearing prayers, very powerful. Each one is encoded with, with the, the, with consciousness itself. Um, and they're, they're very effective. The work, uh, that work is based on work that was pioneered by Howard Wills and then um, further developed and taught by John Newton of Health Beyond Belief. And that's just kind of my my version of 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 their my kind of my iteration of what they did. Um, so I enjoy those. Um, there's the, the the kind of you know there's one for kind of abundance and there's one for kind of general and then there's one for um, change and letting go. There's these different aspects of of um, things that are ancestors. And I've got bunches of bunches of prayers on my on my website. Uh, ancestral clearing prayers on my website but but anyway yeah 
That's we'll, we'll, we'll put all those information in our show notes, but tell us, tell our audience where they can find you. Oh, you can find me at my website, which is um, my name, Elizabeth, dash, uh, Elizabeth Kip, but you have to put a dash between Elizabeth and Kip, elizabeth-kip.com. Um, I'm, all my social media is there. Um, you can book a session through there. There's lots of free resources there. I'd, I'd be happy to connect with you. Thank you so much. It's been such a joy to have you on our podcast. I really appreciate like the level of the depth of wisdom and knowledge, like, you know, that you can bring that you brought to this episode and that you bring to the world through your books, through, you know, the resources that you have, because, you know, so many people suffer from pain and don't realize that there is a way out of it and that they get right. They get, we have the opportunity now to not only heal that individually, but as you said, when we individually heal this collective trauma, when we get out of this spiral of trauma that we've been in for thousands of years, we do have the opportunity to create a new paradigm. You know, some call it the new earth, like whatever we call it, a new paradigm in which we're no longer repeating the past and we are co-creating a future that is rooted in these, right? The love, the abundance, the co-creation, the oneness, the unity, like it's possible. And it's not some woo woo out there dream. It is actually possible <laughs> and real and happening. But we, the irony that I feel like I want to close this out with too, is the irony is that we have to go through the pain to get to that rebirth and to the new. And I feel like that's something that you really, even though you didn't speak to that directly, that's what you were sharing. Mm -hmm. You were sharing that we go through the pain to get to the new, we go through the pain to get to the rebirth. Like that is, that is what you're saying. That's probably in, yes, in your book. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love it. Yeah. We go through that. So, and we'll put links to your book below and everything too. Like this is, this is something that's so powerful for us all to remember something for, for us all to really not only like listen to, but apply to your life. Even if it's an experience you don't want, even if it's a feeling you're, you don't want, right. To actually lean into it, to go into what is with that consciousness and, and trust the process that you're in. Um, yeah. So any final words from you as we close out today? Well, I, I just like to say, um, yeah, turn into the pain, go through it, but get curious about it. What's the gift in this for me? What information is there here for me to learn? Right. Instead of, oh my exactly. God, all this thing, like switch the tables on that one and see if you can, if you can, if you can look at it from that perspective and, Again, I love the witness consciousness. Oh, I'm having this experience. It's not who I am. Things change. And yeah, beautiful. Thank you so much. You guys are amazing. <laughs> Thank you. It's been wonderful. It's been really, really wonderful. And um, yeah, so I guess to our listeners, feel free to leave your questions, leave your comments, you know, anything you want to know more about. Uh, we'll put all of our links to Elizabeth's book and her website and her free gift for the ancestral prayers. So feel free to reach out to her, follow her on Instagram as well. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Radically Embodied Love. We will see you next time.